morning. How are y'all? Good. If it felt like fall outside, it, it would be a beautiful fall day. I think it's still a beautiful summer day outside. What do y'all think? A little bit. Um, today I want to talk to us about um, calling. And don't think that pastors are the only ones who get one of those. Um, everybody has a calling. 1 Peter 4.10 tells us that as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We um, are told time and time again in Scripture to be very intentional about what we do with our life. There's an old saying that says, your life is a gift from God. What you do with it is your gift to God. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. There's a difference between something called a job, just a job, and something called a vocation. And now, don't get me wrong, that doesn't have anything to do with the level of education. It doesn't have anything to do with um, your job title. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you get a paycheck or you're a volunteer. It has to do with purpose. In Ephesians 4, throughout that chapter, we hear about building up the church, unity in the body of Christ, the various job assignments and callings um, within the body that are there to strengthen the body of Christ, and the importance of individuals fulfilling their purpose and calling in addition to the body of Christ fulfilling their calling. Now, that's a lot of um, biblical terms. So let me put it this way. If you're watching a football team, if everybody tried to be the quarterback, they wouldn't get very far, right? I think I understand the game that well. You got to have a tight end, you got to have a running back, you got to have a defensive end, you got to, you know, you got to have a receiver, a kicker, a coach. You got to have the kid on the sidelines who comes and offers water to cool a player down when they're playing and it's really hot. You also need the cheerleaders and the fans and the referees and it doesn't work without a whole bunch of different people doing the things that they're designed to do. So, just as there is diversity in a football team, there's diversity in the body of Christ. And there's diversity there um, for a reason. Um, we all have different gifts and talents, but we are all, each of us, fearfully, wonderfully, and uniquely made to be who we are called to be. Before we're born, if you go back to the prophet Jeremiah, before we're born, God already has a design for our life. God already knows us, and he has created us a certain way. And so, regardless of whether um, we are 50 or 5, or 95, it doesn't matter, there's a purpose on our calling. Regardless of our abilities or our disabilities, our level of intelligence, there is so much that we can do. I want um, to, 
have you think about this for a minute. Whatever it is you do with your life, do it as a ministry. Whether you teach, whether you are gifted with listening, whether you are good at cleaning or cooking, um, Lord knows I need those two gifts in my house, Um, (laughs) um, whether you're good at accounting or IT or um, that's information technology for those of us who are not gifted in that, Um, whether you're a musician or a police officer, whether you are the street sweeper, whatever it is, you can have a ministry. You can have a ministry for God. It doesn't matter at all. So we don't have an excuse for not serving God. If you doubt that, go to Chick-fil-A, and from the time the person takes your order to the time you're seated and your cup is refilled, if you're a dine-in customer or you've been uh, delivered your bag and to-go items if you're in the drive-thru, Everybody there has a smile on their face and they fulfill their role with purpose and intention and calling. And with joy, there's no inferiority in our calls in life. We sometimes in our culture see differences there, but there aren't. So it's not what we do for a living, but what we do for a ministry. Martin Luther, um, in his um, life, often cited that carpenters and farmers and maids as well as priests were ordained for their calling. In Colossians, we are told that whatever we do, we do it in the name of Jesus Christ to give glory to God. In our own congregation, we could name artists. We could name singers. We could name... um, Persons who are good at managing paperwork. We can name persons who are gifted with foreign missions or local missions or music or whatever it is. Um, If you've come on Wednesday night, you know Tammy does a great job with the kitchen and cooking. There's, There's people we can put faces and names to the roles. And each of them has a ministry and without them we can't do what we do for God. It's important for us to remember that God enjoys giving these gifts to us through grace. He, um, he sees that, that we can take these gifts and share them with others, and His grace then has an even greater effect down the line. So let's use our gifts, because if we don't, we lose them. Prime example... I had a year of Latin. Yes, I took Latin. And uh, two years of high school Spanish and two years of college Spanish. And about the best I can do because I haven't used it is, Como esta? Me llamo Maria. And hola. (laughs) I know a few other words. I know the difference between perro and perro. One of them is but, B-U-T, and the other is dog. I don't know which one. I didn't use it. But I have a friend who has decided that part of her calling in the healthcare profession 
is to reach out to the Spanish-speaking population in the community where she lives. So every day, she makes it a point to listen to Spanish podcasts. She listens to Spanish books on tape. She has conversations with persons who speak Spanish, and any time a patient comes in, they go get my friend Kelly. She thought it was so important to learn languages that she started teaching her child Russian and Spanish when her daughter was little, and now her daughter, who is 21, speaks seven languages. Seven languages. She uses every single one of them intentionally, just like her mom. She finds ways to use them because she knows if she doesn't, she will lose that ability. And she sees her calling to be something with language and communication because there's so much miscommunication in our world. Does anybody have miscommunication in their life? At work, at home? Sometimes even when we're speaking English, we can speak a different language. So we need to practice how we do things. Um, Alzheimer's patients are encouraged to um, do word searches and crossword puzzles and that kind of thing. And um, with my own mom having had Alzheimer's, I've already, I've already started them. I try to find my time to sit down and do it. Um, my sister, who's the math teacher, does Sudoku. Um, whatever your thing is, we, we do different things to keep ourselves sharp. There are people who do CrossFit because they know that if they don't keep their body fit, they can't do what they're supposed to in life. Um, others um, continue to play sports. And, you know, we're told when we're little that play is actually the work of children. That if they don't play, they don't learn as well in school. I think adults can take a page from that. It keeps their brain sharp. Whatever our play is, whether it's biking or running or CrossFit or whatever, we all should have been be engaging in something, not just to stay fit and healthy, but to keep our brains healthy and going. Um, if you um, know much about music, you know that probably if you're taking voice lessons, you can practice and have a coach guiding you, and you can do pretty well, but the second you stop doing that, you start to lose that ability. I have a friend who was in pageants in her college years and she stopped singing and she won't even try it now. She knows better than to get up and do it just because she's a shadow of what she was but she openly admits with regrets that she did not continue to sing. It even goes down to the objects in our life. If you have a car, your car is going to function better if you use it. A car that sits has, starts to have issues with the, the vehicle. And so we find ourselves um, reminded again, we need to use the gifts in our life and not just um, overlook them. We're told about this in Scripture in the parable of the talents. Talents are distributed, and you've got one who takes the talents and buries them because he wants to be sure that when the giver returns, that he's got everything that he was given. 
The other one goes out and wastes them all. And the other one finds a way to make it grow. Which one is using their talent? What do we do? We are told in Scripture that if any man um, has abilities to, to take them and use them, to give them to the glory of God, and that we are all ministers, not just those of us with reverend as a title in front of our name, but we are all of us ministers, from the smallest child to the, to the oldest member. We are all ministers of God. We have an opportunity each and every day to step out in faith. Um, one of the things I overheard was that um, the mission field isn't limited to those items that are on the budget lines in the church budget. The mission field is also that person in front of you at line at the grocery store who may be having a really terrible day and just needs a little bit of grace because their order's taking longer, you know, they could be in a rush, they could have somebody dying and they need to get food back to the family and they, they want to be with their loved one. We don't know what their situation is, but we can offer grace. And sometimes if God has aligned everything correctly, then we can also take whatever purpose and calling we have in our life and offer that person something that allows them to see a glimpse of God. Luke 12, 48 tells us, To whom much is given, much is expected. I'll say that again. To whom much is given, much is expected. That means that when God gives us a gift, we have a responsibility. We have an accountability to him as to what we do with that. Um... Some of you may have heard of a person by the name of Billy Graham. They did a trace of his genealogy in term, not his family, not his bloodline, but the genealogy of people who had been mentors to him. And there's, there's a long line, big names, D.L. Moody's among them, there's some others. But when they get back down the line quite a bit, there's two different people that stand out that are Quite ordinary people, people you wouldn't think would make a difference. One of them was a woman who taught Sunday school to a 17-year-old who came to know Jesus Christ, and then he began to mentor all the mentors that eventually got to the mentor that uh, worked with Billy Graham. Take her out of it, and do we have him? I don't know the answer to that question. Perhaps God would have used somebody else. The other person, and this is a story that, as I understand it, is true, is that he went to a church service and there was nowhere to sit, and an usher said, I will make room for you. All it took was an act of hospitality, and he sat down, and he began his deeper walk with Jesus that night. Hospitality, Sunday school. We don't know what's going to turn the tide. It could be a food box at Bridging the Gap. 
We just don't know. It could be the lodge at one roof. Um, I like history stories and how they teach us. Um, Booker T. Washington, many, many years ago, was scheduled to speak, and he had arrived at his hotel and um, was there, and, and a lady, a wealthy woman, arrived at the hotel, and she came in, and she walked up to him, and she said, Sir, my bags are right over there. I'm in room 312. Please take them upstairs for me. She didn't know who he was. He said, all right. So he took her bags upstairs for her, and the next day she went to her meeting where Booker T. Washington was to speak and realized that he was the speaker and that he had humbled himself to take these bags up. And because he had such a servant's heart, she gave a tremendous amount of money to foster the Tuskegee program that he was trying to build up. Sometimes a small seed can plant a big return. Who's seen it's a wonderful life. Cinema plays out these themes. George Bailey, who doesn't love George Bailey? But George Bailey struggled. Just like we struggle. Stuff happens in life, we get a curveball. And the next thing you know, he wishes he had never been born. And as they're doing this life review, he is seeing the front page of a newspaper, and it's, it's about a, a military event that costs people lives, tons of lives. And he says, no, 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 Harry Bailey, my brother, save them. And, they, and this angel Clarence says, no, no, no. He didn't save him because you weren't there. You want to not have your life? You got it. This is what life would be like without you. And we know that's a story, but think about it. What opportunity has God put in front of you to use your gift? Because we've all been gifted to serve. That may have an impact that we can't even begin to see. It could be the blanket drive. It could be volunteering with youth or confirmation or Route 345, Sunday school, Wednesday night supper, whatever it is. You may have an encounter that changes lives and not even know it. So my question for you is, what has God gifted you with? Discern that. Pray about it if you don't know. Start listening to your friends who tell you what you're good at because they'll tell you what you're good at. Follow that leading and serve him and give glory to God. So we are all called and we are all gifted to serve. The impact is amazing. Will you pray with me? Lord, I'm so grateful for the ways in which you have created each and every one of us uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully to, to do things for you. And whether we see those things as small or moderate, mediocre or great, whatever they are, Lord, we know that when it's your purpose, that is the greatest thing we can do for you. We need to serve you, Lord. We need to love you, and we need to take every fiber of who we are and who you've created us to be 
and, and just seek your will for us. And so I ask that you would open hearts and open eyes and, and give the gift of discernment and give the gift of openness. Have your spirit transform us that as individuals, as the church here in Noonan, as the body of Christ, we would serve you. Amen.